G'day community and welcome to episode 8 of the JRBBL podcast. My name is Damo and joining me this week is Azza, Dill and we've got Lekdog. How are you Lekdog? I'm very well gentlemen, I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. Azza yourself? I am fantastic and it's always great to be here for another fantastic podcast. And Dill, you've been absent the last couple of weeks but how are you mate? Yeah, good, good. Keen, um, keen to get back into it. Who wants to tell us how their last two weeks went? Well, Damo, I'm happy to talk about my two weeks, but I'd like to start off by shouting out our friends at Supercoach Championship Rings. You can visit their website, supercoachchampion.com. They stock fantasy championship rings at a reasonably cheap price uh, for what you get. They've sent me a few to have a look at. I've got the uh, silver-plated enamel BBL ring. It says Champion 2021 on the side, and I'm sure I'll be taking that home at the end of the year, fellas. But they've actually sent us a few rings over the year, and they do good stuff. They do AFL rings, NRL rings, Dream Team, NFL, custom-made, BBL, whatever you want, they'll make it for you. So hit him up. Supercoach Championship Rings at SC Rings on Facebook. Find them and tell them Jock sent you. Damo, first two weeks of Supercoach. It's the first time I've been happy in the first two weeks of Supercoach in about five years, mate. I am flying along, ranked at 401st. Currently have just been following your information, the articles you boys have been posting, listening to the pods, and it seems to be working at this stage. I'm, I'm very happy. I'm very, very happy. Who's your biggest stud and your biggest dud so far? Um, That's a great question. I don't know who my biggest dud is. Probably Jax, who is getting traded this week by me. And my biggest stud, who is it? That's a really tough one, Damo. I think, um, obviously, Darcy Short's pretty good. But trading in Phil- Philip or Philippe last week... Saved me this week. He came out and pumped out a 140, so very, very happy. And how's your team been going, Dill? Um, first week, I was pretty happy with it. Um, some decent scores, but I sort of midway through round one, I had Christian and Jack Edwards benched, who both got 80s. So I subbed in um, Rashid Khan for Daniel Sams and um, Phil Salt for another batsman. I can't remember who it was. So I, I threw out my structure a little bit, um, and it sort of came back to bite me because Sams went, Nuts this week. Um, Salt was horrendous, um, and Rashid Khan didn't really live up to to his usual heights. Um, a stud for me, I think Nathan Coutinho. I know he missed that second game because he was rested, but what he did in that first game was, was awesome, and he's he's still rising in price. He's up to 187 now, um, and he'll go up again after his next game. And then Dan Worrell, I picked him as my last sort of um, trade in round two, um, and loopholed him, but he was awesome. Um, with the bat in, the fir- in his first game and then in the ball again in, in his second game. And Azza, how about you? Oh, it's been a bit of a mixed fortunes for me. Um, we obviously saw in round one that we had Will Jacks, Darcy Short, all uh, score very poorly. Even uh, Marcus Stoinis in his first game um, didn't do well. Andre Fletcher was a bit of a bit of a bust, and uh, my. Uh, Little pot in AJ Ty didn't do too well either, but I was happy to see, um, as much as this always pains me to say, Glenn Maxwell did fantastically well, and Hilton Cartwright also performed 
very well for me in round one. And then, yes, into round two with some strikers being brought in. Love to see Peter Siddle and Daniel Worrell score big. But, again, it was a bit of a disappointment uh, in the rest of the side with Hanscom, Salt, Cartwright, Maxwell all underperforming. Unfortunately, yeah, there was that rain that we felt in that last game that impacted some of the scores. It would have been a bit of better score had that game have continued. But oh, this is this is what you have to just deal with throughout the Supercoach season. It's what makes this season exciting. And I am definitely excited for the next few rounds. And that brings us to you, Damo. How have you far fared these first two rounds? Well, I don't know how, but I'm ranked 41st. I don't know how. Would you put it down to beginner's luck or an untapped Supercoach prodigy? I think it's more me just knowing how Supercoach works more than knowing how cricket works. Because I'm not all that familiar with the players themselves, but I'm familiar with the whole concept of buying and selling in Supercoach and all that. And not really aligning myself to any particular team means I don't have the bias to hold or hold any players for any amount of time if they're not performing for what I need them to. And I guess I'm just backing my gut and doing the first thing that comes to my mind. I'm not asking for advice for trades or anything unless I just need someone to tell me about players and if they've got a place in teams and all that. The lack of cognitive bias, that might not be the right term, is helping me too, Damo, because I just got no affiliation with any of these blokes. I don't have a team. I don't care if I cut them or hold them. I don't have. I don't feel really any investment in them as players. So, yeah, I'm like, oh, look, this guy's stats are bad. I'm going to drop him instead of going, hey, look, this guy's stats are bad, but I know that on his best day, he can turn it around. So I'm going to hold him all year and be really bad. It's, uh, it's a nice little, nice little breather. And yeah, yeah, that's what I've, yep. sorry, sorry, that's what I've found in the past as well. I'm much more um, love any sport, but I've in the past used the BBL format of Supercoach. It's a little bit, you know, I don't sit there and troll over all the stats as much as what I would for AFL Supercoach, um, partly because it's it's more unpredictable and you can't really, um, you know, you, can, you just can be so up and down. But sometimes that when you just take a step back, I guess, um, and don't, you know, put too much pressure on who you bring it in, who you bring it out. Um, you can reap the rewards in the rankings. So one thing that we have seen put in place for this for this uh, season was a brand new scoring system for the batters and a slightly altered one for the bowlers. We've now seen that in action over two weeks. And my biggest observation with it is um, if you're a batter only and you don't stay at the crease for a decent amount of time, you are crap. So you need someone with the ability to bat and bowl. So the all-rounders are essentially even, even they're even better than they were before in this format and even more useful as well because bowlers and batters by themselves might not score that well. But if you're going to bowl for and bat it for, then you're more likely to bring out a decent score for your, your super coach side. And so we're seeing players like Darcy Short, um, who has only really bowled a couple of overs altogether so far this season, bat at the top and be dismissed in two, in two of his three games pretty early. So what's, what sort of tactics do we need to take into the season 
to tr- when we look at trades and who to trade in in and out of our side. I'll hop in here. I think, um, you know, I was big in the preseason. I'm picking guys that can do a role with both bat and ball or, um, you know, bat high enough and can contribute with the ball. So that's – I'm not too fast with um, with Darcy Short at the moment, but guys like we've seen, um, Matthew Renshaw, he's bowled a few overs. We, we saw Danny Briggs get um, X-Factor subbed out for the strikers. So he's – I think Renshaw is a, a decent look um, for the strikers double game week this week. Um, even Ashton Turner, he picked up the ball um, – but Jack Wildermuth is, is an example of someone who, you know, he was on our radar in the preseason. I personally took him out when he was picked in that Australia A side. Um, but he's come in, he, he batted, I think, six, um, made 30 off 10 balls. So just a, you know, a late slog, got heaps of points for that when you um, factor in all your, your strike rate bonuses and whatnot. Um, and then with the ball, he came in and skittled the, the top order when he was bowling. So he's... Um, he's definitely worth getting in still. I know he's up to 94 or 5K now, but he's he'll still rise. Um, and even if he, if he doesn't rise, I think his role, you can pick him at 94K as a bonus. I'd, I'd be, given what we saw on um, last round when he played, I know it's, you know you can say it's a little bit knee-jerk if he, if he had a batted six and didn't get a bat and then maybe didn't have a bowl, but he opened the bowling. Um, so it's not like he, he just got an opportunity because you know other bowlers were... Was starting poorly, but he, he was number one with the ball um, and came in and batted really well. Plus, he's that's on the back of a of a ton in the Australian A game, so he's right, right on form. And Ben McDermott's another one who carried that um, Australia A form into the Big Bash too. So I still think all rounders are um, a premium and and guys in form too. We shouldn't overlook that. Wildermuth is sitting there with a break even of negative ninety one this week. So I think. A lot of people are going to be bringing him into their side to make a bit of cash. Probably a smart move, even if it doesn't go huge again. He's going to generate cash, and that's good for Supercoach. And, Dill, I think you've nailed it. From what I've seen from these first two rounds, you're all-rounders. They're the midfielders of Supercoach BBL, and uh, Supercoach is a midfielders game. So I'm loving it. My team's full of them. I think I've only got one uh, or two players that are bowl only. And I don't think I've got a bad only player. So <laughs> enjoying it so far. Yeah, Daniel Sams is another one last um, in Bebby I-9. He, he failed a bit with the bat. I think he made four or five ducks. But, you know, he hit 65 off 25 balls or something and, and won the game um, against the Heat, actually, in that same game where Wildermuth was awesome. But he was, um, you know, usually he's pretty pretty um, reliable with the ball. But he, you know, with the bat as well, He and that sort of knock puts you in the mind of the, of the um of the, I guess your side where you're looking late in innings and you go, oh, they're bringing Cutting or Sams or Green. Sams has just hit, you know, the match-winning runs. Um, Cutting was good, but he wasn't his strike rate. I guess wasn't quite what it's been in previous years. So I think you know Sams becomes that sort of floater guy. Um, who you know potentially, I think we could see him higher up the order um, depending on states state, um, on the state of playing different games. But he's that's he's another one who you know, premium player, and it's just gone to that next level with it, with a really good start to the season. So is Sam's someone we should be targeting? He's pretty pricey uh, for a bloke to be targeting, particularly a guy who doesn't have a double game week or anything anytime soon. What's he, 217K now? Is he someone we need to be targeting, Damo? Um, given that his break-even is minus two, he's, he's going to rise in price and he's... Um, in a rich vein of form at the moment. So I think if you have the funds to do it, um, there's definitely, 
merit in doing it to grab that price rise, but no double game week is something that when players have a double game week, they're not guaranteed to score as well as someone in a single game week. So I think uh, the aim of the game would be to get as many points on your field as possible. And I think getting Sam's, if you can afford it, is still a good tactic. Well, he's only a 30K difference-ish between Maxwell and him, upgrading Maxwell to him, who has the buy this week. As I accidentally have taken over hosting mode here, apologies, Damo, this is not what I intended. Who do we need to be targeting this week? Is it all strikers like I've done, or do we need to balance our books a little? It's going to be a very interesting round. Um, as we posted on the Jock Reynolds Twitter page today with a bit of a forecast looking at the next few games, there is some rain on the radar which could um, make you really think twice about who you're going to be bringing into the side. We don't really want to see a repeat of the last game where, with, between the Scorchers and the Stars where people missed out on some big scores. So I'll probably be having a bit of a think again and maybe looking to see if I can just bring in those players that have been doing really well, the likes of Sam's and Felipe or ones on the board, but I still won't be missing out um, on some of the strikers that have been performing really well, especially the likes of Alex Carey. He was the first one to come in my side at the expense of Glenn Maxwell, and I might consider bringing in um, Jake Weatherald as well, given he bats high, and if there has a bit of rain on the you know horizon for those games, he, he will get the opportunity to bat early if he can, um, especially if they're going to be chasing a low target with some overs. But I still think you're going to be wanting to target the best players um, regardless. You can't definitely focus on the strikers, but there's no harm in also aiming to pick up those players, especially someone like a Josh Felipe who does have the double game week um, in, in a few weeks' time. Um, as well as anyone from the Melbourne Renegades. While they're a little bit of out of form, you still could be looking at targeting someone like an Aaron Finch, who is just um, an absolute superstar of the BBL game. I was going to ask, fellas, at what point, because I think the I think the Sixers have a buy in about four weeks, three weeks. When do we start transitioning our side to focus on those guys? Do you start doing it now and planning ahead or do you wait a couple of weeks and then go bang, bang, bang it all at once? I think you can definitely start planning now for sure, especially as I mentioned the likes of Joss Felipe who's just in some fantastic form. There's no harm in bringing him in now just because he's an absolute gun. Whether you know you, you start to look at some other sort of fringe players, um, Probably not. Maybe just wait until the week or two before. But yeah, I think you can definitely start to look at those premium plays in Felipe. Even Ben Darswishes, who's averaging 92.5 in the moment, is in some cracking form. Definitely could look at them. And it could be a bit of a point of difference going into the next round, especially with um, that forecast, as I've mentioned. Um, for the Renegades, I'm sure Marsh didn't do too well in the last game, but still is averaging 52.5 and has performed really well in previous years. And Josh Layla is another interesting one to, to watch out for. He's, you know, obviously moved from the Heat to the Renegades to get some um, opportunities in. And he's doing, he's the highest averaging Renegade at the moment and um, will be one to to put into consideration um, the closer we get. And the other one, of course, is my absolute love child, Muhammad Nabi, who will be back playing for the Renegades next round. I won't be bringing him in immediately, 
immediately, but he'll definitely be in high consideration in the weeks to come. Is Dan Christian someone that you would target for a double game week, given that his role is to plug a hole pretty much? Yeah, I think he can definitely still pick him, especially given his um, what we saw in the first round, how well he, he did there. It is going to be a bit of an interesting one uh, once we start to see some of the more international players come over for the Sixers, how that role sort of changes. So I would be just keeping a very close eye on Christian's role over the coming weeks and we'll then probably make a decision on the week that he has the double game week. I probably won't be bringing him in... At the moment, I mean, I know there's quite a lot of teams, 33.4% that have him already. Still can definitely hold him. Um, just probably just keep an eye on his in his role. I mean, definitely won't be looking to trade him out. You can probably put him on the bench um, if he continues to just um, struggle a, a bit. But otherwise, no, I would be just uh, waiting and seeing for now. And just on the, on the Sixers and Renegades, I think, especially with the Renegades, it's worth just waiting on them and seeing a little bit. They've started so poorly, and they've got, you know, Nabi still to come in, um, Nor Ahmad still to come in. There's still a few guys that um, played in the Australian 8 stuff, so Will Sutherland's one of those. Um, so they've got a few that Marcus Harris is another, whether or not he's in the 11. So we're not quite sure how that looks just yet. Um, and because they were so poor early on, a lot of guys have really high break-even, so... Someone like Aaron Finch, when round six comes around, you probably want to have him, uh, a player of his of his skill level. But his break-even at the moment is 102. So you can probably wait on someone like him, um, let him fall a little bit in price, potentially jump on a, on a striker. Um, I know a completely different position, but Dan Worrell's break-even is negative is, um, 16. So he's one that, you know, pick him, see him rise in value, wait a bit on, on Finch, see him fall in value, and then, you know, you're sort of getting a win-win there. Just on Aaron Finch, if he scores uh, 60 and then 50 in his next two games, he will bottom out at a price of 153k. Which, when you look at, you know, I'm just looking at my team here and a few of the strikers I have in my side. Renshaw's 130, um, Salt's 117, but he'll probably drop. Um, but then you've got Siddle's 180 and Worrell's 120 and bound to rise. Um, you potentially, because you've got those three trades and a little bit of flexibility, you, you can. I think you can sort of afford to watch a little bit with the prices. We never see any big, you know, 60, 80K price rises. Wildermuth, you know, I'd argue 150 is his ceiling and he only went up 30K. So I think you can you can sort of wait. Um, and especially with batsmen, I think more often than not, like they, they score lower than they score higher. Um, you know, as I'm saying, this Finch will probably go and turn up on the weekend, but... You know, I think you can. I'd I'd rather wait and watch with Finch and hope he fails rather than pick him and then you know potentially see him fail and fall in price whilst you own him. Now that we've discussed all of that, what is everyone's trade plans for this week? Are we doing two and then holding one? Has everyone locked in their trades, or who are you looking at to bring in? Uh, we'll start with uh, you, Azza. So for me, obviously, the one that I've mentioned uh, earlier is that I'll be bringing in Alex Carey at the expense of Glenn Maxwell. Um, I'll be also looking at definitely looking at bringing Jack Wildermuth in, given his low break even to um, bring in some cash to the side. Probably again, he'll probably come in at the expense of Hilton Cartwright. Otherwise, I'm not really sure um, where I'm sort of going to be taking from here because I've still got I've still got some concerns in the side that I'll probably need to address. But with only the one trade, it makes it 
challenging. So Peter Hanscom um, is a big big concern for me, especially with David Moulin coming in. His um, his position, the side will continue to drop again. Will Jacks obviously is in some uh, ordinary form, and also um, I've got Nathan Ellis, AJ Ty, and um, Dilwa Hussein in my bowling line, which is um, also of a concern too. So I might. Um, look at trading one of those out to strengthen that line. Um, but at the moment, I do probably will take heed your warning there, Damo, and just maybe lock in two at the moment and then maybe make a decision on the third uh, closer to the either closer to the round or midway through the round um, once team sheets get announced. Yeah, so I'll jump in and tell you about my trades. I'm holding a trade until I know what the weather's going to be like closer to the day of games. So... At the moment, I've pretty much just moved Maxi and uh, Jax to Sam's and Wildermuth, and I know that means I might be missing out on a big, big strikers uh, score, but by the looks of it, both strikers games could be washed out completely. I'm um, just looking at the forecast that um, we posted on the Jock Reynolds uh, Twitter earlier today. And so that means I'm holding one just up my sleeve to just in case I need to move someone on to a player that is actually going to play. Um, Dill, have you settled on your trade plans for this week? Um, to an extent, I think Carey, I picked Carey. I had, that was hands. Uh, sorry, that was, it was probably more Marcus Stoinis. So I've taken um, Hanscom and Stoinis out for Carey and Wildermuth at the moment. And then that third one, similar to, to what um, yourself and Azza were saying, at the moment it's um, Jax to Renshaw, but, I mean, as you said, it might be worth holding, just holding fire um, and seeing, you know, how the first um, first game plays out and what the, what the weather is doing because, you know, if, if the strikers lose even one game, all of a sudden, you know, someone like Renshaw doesn't appeal anywhere near as much um, and you'd almost rather look again ahead and pick someone, um, you know, Josh Felipe's one, um, Philippi, sorry. Um, but, yeah, I think... This round especially, because we don't know what the weather's doing, what team sheets will do, there's a, another group of you know Australia A and internationals sort of coming in. I think it is a, a, a very valid strategy to sort of sit back and just, just watch to begin with. And Dog, what about you? What are your trades for this week? Certainly won't be waiting. All trades at once, bang, bang, bang. I don't have time to think about this over the weekend. Lock them in and then you can't think about it again. Uh, I don't have many stars to move out of my side. So I moved Stoyness and Zampa and Fletcher at the end of round one. Um, so I only had Maxwell and Cool Denial in the side. Cool Denial will stay on the bench for me up forward. He's um, up forward, up in the bowlers section because he uh, still has a negative break even. But yeah, it'll be Maxwell out for Kerry. Maxwell, the aim will be to bring him back in at some stage. Jack's out for Weatherall. I just think that's a pretty straightforward trade for me. Gets the uh, double chance, banking on the weather, not stuffing me over too bad. And then Hussain, obviously, he had that injury over the week. I'm not 100% sure what the injury was. You guys might be able to remind me. Uh, Medium-grade hamstring uh, out for six weeks. Well, there you go. So, he, look, he's not going to lose money sitting on my bench, but I've got some cash there. I'll move him up to Wildermuth, who's got a huge negative break even of 91, as we talked about before. So he'll make me some cash. I've still got 70 grand in the bank. So, you know, maybe instead of bringing in a carry, I bring in a Sam's. But I think at this stage, I'm, I'm pretty set on just getting the strikers in and making the points while I can. And with Trey's 
and also game weeks comes the very important decision of captaincy and vice captaincy. Uh, who's everyone going with? Well, at this stage, I uh, I'll chuck the vice captain on short. I think um, that's a kind of a no brainer, right? With uh, the first game of the round on Saturday, surely short's going to destroy this Melbourne Renegades lineup. Post us a huge score, and and if he doesn't do that. We've got plenty of strikers to choose from. And I think we're going to back in Rashid Khan to uh, get back into form and and deliver me some huge scores, which, you know, he, he scored 75 on the weekend, but uh, I want more. Yep, I'm the exact same as like short into Rashid Khan. Um, I might, you know, if I try and get a little bit fancy, might look at, um, at Siddle or Carey, but I think um, short into Khan is, is the way most people should and will be going. And what about you, Azza? Um, Well, yeah, again, Darcy Short definitely will be my vice-captain. I'm probably maybe going to go slightly different. I always like going uh, a bit left of field with my captaincy choice just to try to get ahead of um, some people in the in the ranking. So I'm probably going to be looking at Alex Carey or Peter Siddle, um, especially his performance in that last, ra- uh, last match was just absolutely outstanding. If he takes another... Five wicket haul, he's going to post an absolutely another monstrous score, and it's not something that I want to be missing out. So at the moment, just probably going to be a bit wait and see, but it will be between Alex Carey and Peter Siddle for my captaincy. I've gone with Khan as my captain, but I've gone for James Faulkner as my vice captain. He's just he's seeing wickets and bowling them in his sleep, so um, I think he's a very good option, especially that Renegades lineup that got so easily dismissed in game week two. Uh, I can see him getting a hat trick at one point, maybe on the, on the, on the weekend. That's actually not a bad point there, Damo. Darcy Short might not be batting long enough to put up, like he might not have to put up a score against this team. So maybe Faulkner's the way to go. Well, that's also leads into another interesting question. What do we all believe that Darcy Short would need to score for, for us to take him as our captain for the round, given that we've got players like Siddle, Khan, and Carey, who who are likely going to be scoring at least one, you know, at least a hundred or more over the round. Oh, 150? <laughs> I'm probably not going to take it, whatever it is, because I'm greedy. But <laughs> if he scores 150, I'll think about it. What about you, Dana? I would probably take anything over ninety. Interesting, Dill. Yeah, I was, I was, I was thinking maybe about a hundred um, points on the board are always better to have than not, especially with rain around. Um, I think if you, if short comes out and and scores, you know, anywhere from you know hundred plus, I'd probably re- have a good hard look at that purely because you know even if you do get a game and it might be rain affected and and then you're only bowling two overs or or facing, you know, 20 balls, in which case you might not make as, as many runs. So I think 100 for this round um, is probably the go-to. And, that it, you know, it also depends on how the other players I've got have gone. If I've got guys, um, you know, let's say I'll, I'll probably field Dan Christian this week, but if he, you know, flops, then I might go, oh, I want a little bit more than whatever short gets. Um, flip side of that is if he does well, I might go, oh, I'll settle for you know, 80 or 90 um, and go from there. But I think 100 is probably the line that I look at. And finally, guys, I want to just ask another interesting question. Given we've now, you know, two games in and starting to see some uh, players' forms, 
What do you feel like? Do we consider someone like Usman Kawaja, who is now below a hundred thousand dollars? Yes, he's still he's and he's probably going to drop even further, given he's got a break even of seventy one. At what point does he become um, attractive in, in our sides as well? Because I know he's uh, had some great seasons previously, and he can deliver some big scores. But I've been keeping my eye on him, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts about um, Kawaja. Bat only, not attractive at all. Um, potentially, not not yet. Um, I think I'd rather wait till he bottoms out completely. Um, but you know, I got, if I compare, say, him and Max Bryant, um, they're both openers. But I think Kawaja's got um, more raw talent than Bryant, I guess. So I'd probably look um, at, I guess, hopping from those solid domestic players to those you know guys that have been at the international level when those prices sort of get a little bit closer. But not at this stage. I actually, I think we can look at him next week, to be honest. I think uh, they play the Renegades next week. I said, let's say he comes out and has a decent game this week. Let's say he posts a, a 50 or, or a 60. His break-even is going to come right down, and uh, yeah. and then I think you'll be making money from there. So I think I think he's sooner on the horizon than, than you think, but it's worth, uh, it's also I worth also know his name. <laughs> it's worth noting with him, he scored 132 against the Renegades last year. So, um, good, good uh, recent history. Yeah, because if because um, as you just touched on there, leg, like if we take his break even into consideration, say he just averages or uh, scores 20 um, this round, he'll be down to about 75,000, which pretty much nearly a straight swap if you've still got someone like Dilbert Hussein. On the bench, I reckon that's probably um, definitely worth considering. Probably, it's definitely something I'll keep an keep an eye out for. But is it something else that we look for in some of the other fallen premiums that we uh, find throughout the season to take into consideration? Well, I'm going to need you guys to tell me who the fallen premiums are because I don't know who the premiums are. So <laughs> <laughs> I just pick a name. I pick the numbers I like. I don't know the names. Well, the obviously. Yeah. Uh, Usman Kawaja one. Another one that uh, has definitely fallen is uh, Andrew Ty. He's now got a break-even of 91 this week and he's due to drop probably um, another 15 to 20K and, again, will be below that 100,000. Fortunately, he's in my side, but um, I, I dare say he'd be a very good pickup for anyone if he um, bottoms out um, to, again, below 100 or even around that 80,000 mark. Definitely one to consider. Yeah, guys, if you've got guys like Ashton Turner or even Max Bryant, who's sort of only slightly increased his price, you're going to be able to swap these guys for some mm-hmm. of those form premiums pretty soon. So it's a, it's a pretty pretty tasty little option. And I think that's it for this week's podcast. Thank you, Dog, for confusing me and hosting, but also not hosting at the same time. Pleasure to be here. Thank you to Supercoach Championship Rings for sending you the beautiful ring we're playing for in our in a Sanctum League. Uh, make sure you check them out, supercoachchampion.com. Tell them Jock sent you. And Azza, thank you for joining me as you do every single week. It is an absolute pleasure and best of luck to everyone out there in Supercoach land for this round ahead. I hope it is kinder than it has been this last two rounds. And Dill, thank you for joining us. Thank you for coming back for this podcast. No worries. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.